Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here today. And today we begin a series on character studies in the life of David. Particularly today, we are going to look at um, the phrase, David, a man after God's own heart. It's actually quoted in Acts chapter 13, and we recognize that it's God who says this. Um, and as we do that, I think it stirs within us desire and hope. Desire that it would be wonderful if the same thing could be said of me, and hope that it could be possible. Similar to the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25, when we hear the phrase, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. There is also a sense, as we know more about David, of God in his mercy being a God of second chances, as it were. As we step back and meditate on this, it's a much more complicated phrase than we initially think. We can recall David um, telling of killing the lion and the bear through the aid of the Lord. We recall the wonderful children's story of David defending God's honor as he faced Goliath. How he was loyal to Saul for years after he was appointed king. Still, he honored Saul as God's anointed and pitied him and sought to comfort him. He could have killed Saul in the cave of Abdullah, but knew that that wasn't God's way or God's time, and he waited patiently for the Lord to put him on the throne in his time. It was years from the time that David was anointed as a young boy to the time that it actually came to fruition when he would take the throne. He was a mighty warrior. We recall um, in Samuel, after the killing of Goliath, of the women singing, Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. And he truly was a mighty warrior if we were to consider all the battles and those that, that died at his hand or through his direction. He prepared for the construction of the temple because that was his heart's desire. He said, why should I live in a beautiful house when God dwells in a tent? And God told him that he couldn't do this because of the life that he had led. But in God's mercy, he allowed him to have his son build that temple that was his heart's desire and allow him to do the preparation, amass the materials, um, and do all of the preparatory work for the temple that would be wonderful and magnificent. By today's dollars, David could have contributed what would have accounted to about $10 billion um, as he contributed funds for the temple that would be, be built and encouraged others to do the same so that other leaders and then the children of Israel themselves contributed great amount of money. He was a great fundraiser and a great organizer. He organized the government, including musicians and artists and priests and gatekeepers, accountants, tribe councils. He was truly a great manager. Those are all some good things about David, but let's look at some of David's less admirable actions. He killed and posthumously circumcised 200 Philistines for the price of a bride, Saul's daughter. 
He lied to a priest in order to eat holy bread, which when Saul found out in his anger led to the massacre of 85 priests and their families. He feigned madness at Gath after realizing his mistake in seeking refuge there. Um, and you recall that Gath was the hometown of Goliath and Goliath had brothers. They were not fond of David there, but he feigned insanity and it was a very shrewd thing on his part because the reality was is that the Philistines feared the insane and allowed him to escape. David slaughtered countless Amalekites, including women and children, in order to remain a top mercenary for the Philistines, who were, in case you forgot, enemies of Israel. Um, he did this under the guise that he was killing his own people, because what would be better than David actually killing his own people but to not be able to go back to them? David had the Ark of the Covenant carried into Jerusalem on a cart instead of by priests, as, the Lord, as per the Lord's command, which led to the death of a well-intentioned Israelite as he reached out his hand to steady the Ark. David had an affair with Bathsheba, impregnated her, murdered her husband, and then tried to cover the whole thing up. He failed to discipline his son Ammon for raping his half-sister, Tamar, and then allowed Absalom to live without punishment, even after the prince murdered his half-brother for the rape of his sister. It sounds like a soap opera. You couldn't make this up. Um, it's sordid and terrible. And on his deathbed, David instructed Solomon to kill a man who years earlier had disrespected David. David was horrible at family, poor at parenting, and on his deathbed directed a hit list. Somehow, through all of this, the good, the bad, and the ugly, he was called a man after God's own heart. What does it mean to be a person after God's own heart? As we consider this, let's go back and look at Saul briefly, the first king of Israel, David being the second king of Israel. Saul was tall and handsome. He came from wealth. Saul was chosen by God. Saul was anointed by the Lord. God gave Saul a new heart. We read this in 1 Samuel 10.10. 10. And he prophesied with the prophets. Saul organized the nation, which was previously not organized, and he renewed the kingdom. Saul was impatient. When Samuel didn't show up at the appointed time, he was afraid of losing control of the people. He didn't trust the process, and subsequently he disobeyed and sacrificed when he shouldn't have. He didn't follow God's commands, and ultimately Saul was rejected by God. When he was rejected by God, he was more concerned for his honor and how he looked publicly than for God's honor and he refers to God as Samuel's God, but not as his God. In 1 Samuel 15.30, we read this, Saul replied, I have sinned. Please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord 
your God. So we see here that Saul is concerned for his own honor, and he refers to the Lord as Samuel's God, the Lord your God, not as his God. <clears throat> David is anointed king, and the Spirit of God came upon him. It says that the Lord sought a man after his own heart. After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From his descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Outwardly, there are similarities between Saul and David. They both were handsome. They both were chosen by God and anointed king. They each brought the nation together. They each were mighty in battle. They both had their successes and failures. They both disobeyed God. And I was struck by the idea that God put a new heart in Saul. So what's the difference? Why was Saul rejected by God and David called a man after God's own heart? I believe that although God put a new heart in Saul, it did not mean that Saul had a heart for God. In this, I think we see a little bit of the mystery between the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. Somehow, both are true. God worked in Saul's heart, and Saul saw God working in his life, but ultimately, Saul did not respond to what God was doing and working through him. David largely sought to honor God with his life. When he fought Goliath, it was for God's honor, not his own. David was open to correction. When he sinned, he acknowledged it and truly repented. He recognized that his sin was ultimately against God. In Psalm 51, he just come out and says, I have sinned. And after David repented, he was also open to receive God's mercy. Later in Psalm 51, he says, Purify me, wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. He was transparent before God, pouring out his soul before God. As we heard a few weeks ago, we pray to God and obey him because we believe God to be a good God. This was the reality that David lived with before God. Brennan Manning says in Abba's Child, in futile attempt to erase our past, we deprive the community of our healing gift. If we conceal our wounds out of fear and shame, our inner darkness can neither be illuminated nor become a light for others. I believe that David left so much of his history and his failures unerased for that simple fact that his life, his successes, and his failures allow us to learn lessons to receive God's grace. So with God's grace, let us do the same. Let us seek to honor God with our lives as David did.
we need to be open to correction. It's so hard to hear when we've done wrong, whether it's through God speaking to our spirit or from another brother or sister, but we need to be open to correction. We need to be equally open to God's mercy. I recall the idea of loving your neighbor as yourself, and so often we don't allow ourselves to love ourselves, and somehow we beat ourselves up and beat ourselves down. That's not the mercy of God. We need to be open to God's mercy. We need to be transparent before God. David cried out to God in so many ways. The Psalms are full of these powerful emotions that David pours out before God. Just an example of this is in Psalm 63, five through eight, where we read, my soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I stay close to you, your right hand upholds me. When David was having a sleepless night, what was he doing? He was often singing praises to God through the night. So let us do the same. Let us be mindful of God, of his work in our lives, of our desire to honor him, and that we would look up and cry out to him. Blessings to you all.